0: Well, hello and welcome to the Life Church Canton podcast. My name is Jared Van Voorst. I'm your host for the show and one of the pastors at Life Church. And I'm excited for you to join us today because we are celebrating New Life Sunday, is what we call it, uh, where we have a bunch of people who tell their story and then get baptized and uh, just talk about what God has been doing in their lives. And so uh, I hope you enjoy a short message from Pastor Nathan as well as some stories from various people. Um, in our congregation, you're not going to be able to hear all of the stories, um, but uh, this is just a, a few of them. And I want to remind you that when you give to Life Church, um, it makes things like this possible. And and life transformation is fun to be able to see and to experience and to hear about. So I hope you enjoy this. Also, I want to remind you if you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, go ahead and do so. Um, that will give you regular updates. Uh, on these podcasts and um and and also just gets you um some updates on what's going on at Life Church and I think that's always helpful as well so um enjoy this message and enjoy the stories and uh have a great day
1: and I'm glad you're here. I want to say welcome again for those online watching. If you're, it's your first time or you're a friend or family, we have lots of those come. For those who are getting baptized, welcome in the room. I'm so glad that you are here as well. This is a big deal. Thanks for sharing it with us. My name is Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here, and this is New Life Sunday. It's one of the favorite things we do because it's all about God's glory and celebrating how He is moving an incredible ways. Uh, We'd love to invite you to a journey with us in exploring who God is. So if you're looking for the first time or here and you don't have a church home, we would love to start that journey with you. You're going to hear in the testimonies how it's about community and how we can encounter Jesus together as a community and be transformed. You belong. I hope you feel relaxed and ready to celebrate and worship. And I I, uh, was able to go on a a healing retreat, a retreat where I went and got counseling and did a lot of praying as part of, you know, my job as a pastor here. And I wanted to thank the church and thank you because it was an impactful moment. You know, we want all of us to encounter Jesus, and when we get away for a set amount of time, um, sometimes God can show up in ways that we just weren't ready for um, other than that. So, you know, eight days of praying will uh, do some things to you, but on the very first day, we wanted to set the tone and uh, get there. We're all kind of nervous and don't know each other and trying to figure out what to do, and they just said, hey, for a moment, Let's read Psalm 23, and I want you to close your eyes and use your imagination and rest in this moment. I want to do that with you as part of setting the tone for what God might want to do in your life today. And this is a a moment where you can close your eyes. I encourage you to do that. If you know the Psalm, uh, you can actually say it out loud with me. If you'd like, it'll be on the screens. But it's an, uh, an invitation, an invitation to imagine and encounter Jesus through the Word of God. So go ahead, close your eyes, whatever you need to do, and I want to read Psalm 23, one that may even be familiar to those who don't read the Bible. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness. For his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. I, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Thank you for doing that. I hope, if nothing else, that you felt the peace of God, the peace and joy of God as He spoke over you. That's a The imagery of Psalms is incredible. The valley of the shadow of death. The, feels kind of doom and gloom. Like, that feels like someplace you'd find in Mordor or some kind of fantasy book, like the, the shadow of death, the valley of the shadow of death. Like, we can move right over that moment. For, for a second, while I was praying, while I was sitting there waiting on God, you know, just a week ago, man, it hit me. It's almost like I could see it. Almost like I could feel it. Like the verse again, just so you can hear it, verse 23, verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and staff. Your com- they comfort me. The valley of the shadow of death. It's almost like death is looming over you. You're stuck in this valley with no way out, and death is looming over you and blocking the sun out, and you're in the shadow of, like, death. I mean, it's like darkest of dark. i got a question for you. What, what's your valley? What signifies that valley? What's looming over you? It might be depression that keeps you from getting out of bed in the morning, and the only way you can get out of bed is to think about and plan for the next time you're going to go back to sleep. Depression can be that looming. Maybe it's fear, fear of the world, fear of the uh, pandemic, the sickness that dominates your thoughts and looms over you and casts a shadow on every good moment and bad. Maybe it's actual sickness that physically drags at your energy and causes your mind to be fuzzy. That feeling when you have a fever is not one where you're clear-headed. Maybe it's bitterness of past hurts looming over you or that you hate yourself, that you have problems and and don't like aspects of who you are or even all of who you are. Maybe it's even self-harm. Maybe it's losing someone that you love and care for. And I had this visual of it While I was praying, listening to the Word of God, it was like this darkness. There's no light. It's like swirling darkness everywhere that moves around, and and you're standing kind of in the middle of it, and you look around, and all around me was just darkness moving in, and that gloom and that feeling, almost like you could feel the temperature change. The light starts to get dimmer, and there's fear, and you don't know what to do. That is how I experienced the valley of the shadow of death. And then verse 5 hit me, and it it seems so ridiculous in the moment. Verse 5 You, in the valley of the shadow of death, prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You've anointed my head with oil, my cup overflows. That's prosperity, it overflows. And I was imagining the scripture and I hit that verse and it just struck me in a way I hadn't in a long time. And it's almost like as I was sitting in there in the darkness encroached, all of a sudden, boom, there's this bubble, almost like this warm bubble inside of it that it couldn't push in past. And inside it was warm and it was like that flickering firelight feel. And there was this huge oak table out in front of me and there was Food all over it. Food everywhere. Just like everything you can imagine. Like, like I was in Amish country that, during that time, and so I had every pie imaginable. Like pecan pie from the Amish is like to die for. They put lard in it. It's, oh my gosh, that sounds horrible. It's not. It's the best thing you're ever going to eat. Imagine that. Like, and Jesus is at the table. There's food everywhere, and the atmosphere is warm. I have a question for you. If you could imagine what would be on that table What's your celebration food? Like, what's the thing? Like, man, we're going to have wings. Man, we're going to have steak. Man, we're going to have what? What is that celebration food? Some of you may be going to celebrate afterwards. What do you want to eat? So I'm in this bubble, and guess what? The darkness was still there. In this bubble on the outside, it was swirling and trying to beat in on it. And even I could see, like, eyes in the midst of it. The enemy who is there. The enemy. And you have an enemy. Not people. I mean, you might have enemies of people, but... This one wants to lie to you, wants, represents the darkness. The devil, the enemy, Satan, tries to lie to you. So maybe that is there in your life, but it couldn't penetrate. I was in the presence of God. I mean, what kind of person says, let's have a banquet in the presence of people who want to do you harm? It's ridiculous, but that is who God is, and that is what today is. Today, no matter what is looming over you, today is a celebration, a banquet, a feast. And so today, it's the feast of baptism. Baptism, yeah, that's exciting. Look over there, they're ready. They're ready for it. You're like, okay, what's baptism? Well, baptism is a symbol, and we have a literal horse trough right here full of warm water. It's warm, by the way. We heat it up so it's not cold. But it's, it's, it's water. Like, there's nothing special about it, except that it symbolizes something. So it's a symbol of what? Well, we're wearing these shirts. Those who've been baptized or who are on the stage are wearing these shirts. And it's the idea of when you go down into the water, we're going to take them into the water, fully submerge them, and then pull them out of the water. And what that signifies is death, like going into the ground, going into the grave. And for those who are getting baptized, they're symbolizing, they're saying, I have died to my old life. I've died to the old way of living. I've died to my ways. I've died to my sins. I've died to my brokenness. And I'm coming out into new life. It's a recreation of what Jesus did for us. He was perfect. and didn't have sin. And he died, went into the grave, and three days later came out. And he pronounced victory over sin, over death, and new life. We, are driven by new life. And this is what it's all about. It's a symbol. It's acknowledging and joining Jesus's death on the cross, coming down into the water. But then we come up out of the water. And when we come out of the water, we're rebelling, rebelling against brokenness, against sin, against death. We come up with victory in hand. In fact, so many of the people who get baptized, they come out and they just like shove their fists in the air like, Victory, right? Like, they're excited about it. Some of them, right now, you're like planning it. You're like, okay, when I come out of the water, I'm going to fist pump like crazy. Like, I'm ready because this means something to me. And it's been um, something that's happened, and, and, and these guys, usually it's a guy, is super aggressive about it and comes out. And I have told you, not once, not twice, but around three to four times, I have been punched in the face as they come out of the water, I'm, like, down, and I'm, like, kaboom, and it's, like, this fist in slow motion. It's just, like, and, like, a face goes over, and I'm, like, there's pictures of me with fists in my face as they come out of the water in victory. It's, like, the best way to get punched, man. I'm telling you. What a joy. Don't do it on purpose over there, okay? I'll know if you do it this time. It's because you were, you were, like, ah, yes. Nathan needs new life. Ah, What you're getting, it's a celebration. Not just a symbol of what was, but a celebration of what is. And today, I want you guys to celebrate that we're going to baptize at least 11 people today, which is great. Six in first and five in second. We may have people walk up. It's a celebration of them, yes, but it's a celebration of us and friends and family. It's a community of people. You can't baptize yourself because... We know that we are part of the body of Christ, and we get to do that together. I love that imagery, that imagery of us all together. Soon, family and friends will be down here around the water participating with it. There'll be people participating with your baptism. That's what it means to be part of the body of Christ, is community. So, symbol and a celebration. I, would, I need to ask this question. What are you, what are you celebrating today? Like, what are you celebrating? Are you celebrating these people? I hope so. Are you celebrating overcoming this year, this last year of pandemic? Are you celebrating God showing up and overcoming brokenness in your life? Are you counting the blessings? Are you counting the blessings again and again? Are you celebrating? Because that's what it means to feast. God has laid things before you. It's almost like what you're going to hear today in a moment, they're going to bring their testimonies to you, and it's like they're bringing their best dish, putting it on the table, and saying, Jesus and all y'all, let's eat. Let's, you know, get excited about it. Yeah. You guys are just not excited today. I can't tell. You're just like, yeah, everything I say, yeah, everything I say. It's like, it could matter. I could say Skittles, and you'd be like, woo, Skittles. (laughs) Sorry grace. It's grace, too. It's a celebration. It's a symbol, and it's grace. Man, I'm telling you, there's nothing magical about this. There's nothing that forces God to do anything, but man, something happens in the water when people get baptized. You see God move. You see Him uh, show up. I, I tell you, one time I was down there, and, and, and what we do, and you'll see in a moment, uh, the person baptizing is over here, and the friends and family are all, all around, and the story, the testimony was about a father, a father that for years, years, his daughter and his wife had been praying for, and it was a rough story, and it was hard, but God had shown up, and it was incredible, so there's this, there's this weight to it, and he's, he's sitting in the water, and the water is nice and calm, just like it is now, and uh, I asked them if they wanted to say anything, and they said to them, I don't remember what they said to him. and I was about ready to pray. And I put my hand on his head, and I started to, to look over, and I saw his daughter leaning over and touching him as we prayed. And she was so overcome that she was crying, and her tears fell off of her face and hit the water and rippled out. And in that moment, I had to pause. I couldn't move for a second because the imagery was so strong that this man was being baptized in the tears of his daughter. This is beautiful. And God. Uh, yeah, we've seen so many moments like that. A moment where someone who is struggling with cancer in the in the final stages of it and gets baptized, and, and you know, we weren't necessarily baptizing him for healing, but he came out and found out his cancer was gone. Like God shows up in these moments: big, huge, small, soft. Something happens in the water, and that's what grace is. Something we could never deserve or force to happen. That God just shows up. And we celebrate baptism because it is grace upon grace. That scripture says, "Prepare a table, anointed with oil." And I did that because what they would do is they would sometimes pour oil on people's heads. Sometimes they would anoint them uh, like this with oil. Oil that wasn't just oil you'd find to cook with, but enriched with valuable fragrances. And the idea is when you came into a feast, God would anoint you. Like whoever was hosting, but God in this case is the host, would anoint you with oil. And you would smell those smells and you would know the cost And you would say, I am welcome here. I belong. I'm invited in. And that's what God is doing to you right now. He's inviting you in, every single one of you. And what is God going to do? My fourth question, is God calling you to the water today? Is he calling you to the feast? And what does that look like? It may mean that you came here today not planning on getting baptized, but you're going to get baptized today because God has invited you in. We'll tell you more about that. We've prepared for you and have everything you could need to do that. God is inviting you to the water. It's also glory. So baptism is a symbol. It's a celebration. It's grace, but it's also glory. And glory for who? Renown and excitement and joy and praising for God. We glorify God when we baptize people. In fact, Galatians, which is the series we're in right now, the last verse we ended on last week was verse 24, Galatians 1, 24, and it says this, Paul, who had done horrible things and now was leading the church, says this, and they, other people, were glorifying God because of me. They weren't glorifying Paul. We're not glorifying any of the people getting baptized today. We are glorifying God because only God can do what has happened. And so he gets glory and honor and praise. Now, those who are getting baptized today, I'm so thankful you're here. I'm proud of you. I know at times it's challenging. You might be nervous. You might have not listened to a thing I said because you're just like, okay, don't trip on this word. You're, you're nerve sighted okay? You're nervous and excited together. <laughs> you're excited, but listen to me for just a moment. You're doing this for God's glory. But God is going to through your obedience prepare you for greater glory. And what that means is that you have said when you do this, I'm putting a line in the sand. And I'm saying, I today am dedicating my life to Jesus fully. And because of that, God's going to say, "Okay, let's get going." And some things are going to happen to you. You might have 3 months of just joy. Everything's great. You might deal with a sin issue you never even realized was there. Trouble may come to you around you. You may go into the valley of the shadow of death right after this. And the liar would tell you, see, that wasn't real. But what I have to tell you today is that God is going to prepare your life to point to something beyond you. So he'll take you through some things so that he can be the one who gets glorified, not you. Do not be discouraged. Do not lose heart. God is with you. And you have prepared testimonies, and it's for them. You're bringing your pie. You're bringing whatever to the table because you need to eat. You need to hear how God has shown up, and it should produce in you something that changes you, something that does something incredible inside of you. So if you can, especially if you're new here or you're online joining in or maybe listening later in the week, let it. Let it fill you with joy. Don't focus on the darkness outside, but join the banquet inside because baptism is a banquet and it is time to feast. Before we move to that, I want to invite two groups of people to make a decision today. First group of people is to decide that you want to join the banquet. You want to accept what Jesus Christ has done for you. The most important question you will ever answer is this. Who is Jesus Christ to you? Jesus Christ was God and man. He died so that, and carrying the weight of all of our brokenness, all of our sins, all the things we could never do, the things we deserved to be punished for, he bore on himself. And he died to it and put those to death and then rose in new life. He is Lord, he is God, he is Savior, he is friend, he is everything, and he offers you a chance to know God the Father again if you choose it. I know people, including my father-in-law, who calls Jesus a great moral teacher, but unless he is God, he was not a great moral teacher, but simply crazy. But if he is God, which we believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is Then the hope and life are only found with him, and he offers us new life. And we at this church and in most churches are driven by new life, by celebrating what God can do for his glory and what he wants to do again and again. So the first group, I'm calling you to give your life over to him. Maybe you need to recommit your life to Jesus. I'm going to pray a prayer with you. We're all gonna do that together, especially those getting baptized. Just remind yourself of what you're doing. And then we're gonna pray and you're gonna make a choice. And I encourage you to do that. In fact, let's not wait another moment. I want you to feast with us. So let's close our eyes. Let's open Some, you can open up your hands. You can open up your heart. You know, I love helping people visualize this by just imagining your heart has this huge door on it, and you're just gonna open it up, just whether it's like one of the ones that pulls back or opens wide. It's the one that you would feel the presence of God and encounter Him. And I want you to pray this prayer with me, and there's nothing magical about it because what you're doing is talking to God. All you're doing is talking to God in your own words or use mine, but communicate with Him, and He will come into your heart and change everything. Pray something like this. God, I'm broken. Or oh God, I'm lost. Or God, I, I need you. I know I can't get to you on my own. I know I need a rescuer. I know that I am lost. And I believe that Jesus died so I can be found. I believe that Jesus is my rescuer. I believe that Jesus is the one who can save me. So today, I choose Jesus. I choose to follow him all of my days. I choose to to the best of my ability in community, die to myself and rise with new life forever. That I would not taste death, but I would know my Father in heaven again. Make me clean. Make me new. Amen. The second group of people. The second group of people are those who need to get baptized today. And guess what? If you're in that first group of people and you just made a decision to follow Jesus and you're in the room, you, you need to get baptized today. <laughs> if, if you're online, you need to sign up for baptism today. But we're ready for you. I'll tell you more about that in between the baptisms, but we will have everything you need and we would encourage you to come down and get baptized uh, during the music over here. But I want you to know that we don't just celebrate these people and what God has done in their lives, but we celebrate every single one of you who made a decision to follow Jesus today. That is what we are driven by. So I'd love for you guys all to get excited about those who made a decision to follow Jesus because it's big. Do not live in the valley of darkness anymore. Come to the table. Come to what God is laying before us. All right, I'm done talking. You guys ready to hear some stories of God's glory and people?
0: Let's do it. Awesome. This is my favorite part because we get to stop talking for a moment. You get to hear other people's voices and see how God is moving in their lives as well. But also there's there's a reason why we do this. There's power in our stories. We see this in the very end of Scripture, which is actually a new beginning. It's the book of Revelation. And John describes this moment where uh, there are overcomers. We are overcomers for two reasons by the blood of the lamb that's jesus and him crucified but also by the word of our testimony there's power in our stories and so it's important that we tell these stories so i'm going to invite up our first person to share her story let's welcome her up
2: Uh, buenos dias good morning Uh, hello my name is margarita Baez. i was born and raised in chihuahua mexico so you can hear the accent (laughs) I've been living in Michigan since 1996. So I was born fatherless in a single parent home, and I was raised Catholic, very Catholic. So I had a relationship with God, but because of my fatherlessness, hold on, fatherlessness, Mm -hmm. I didn't fully trust him. I felt unwanted and unworthy of his love. I believe that I could earn God's favor through performance and serving him. Sorry, the Latina emotional is coming up. <laughs>
3: um,
2: I believe that God will reward me for my faithfulness with a relationship. with a a relationship with a man that will fill my thirst for love. Unfortunately, a broken marriage and many other unhealthy relationships only led to deep feelings of deceit and betrayal, which increased my lack of self-worth and my mistrust of men and of God. Those broken patterns were imprinted into my daughter. Despite my lack of trust in him and my pattern of broken relationships, Jesus continued to pursue me. He was very persistent. (laughs) He used various resources about the father that I will help heal me of my own fatherlessness. Mm -hmm. He used Life Church as a bridge to start a new pathway of thinking about my relationship with God as loving father and of myself as, as his loving daughter. The biggest Im- impact Jesus used in my life was when I, I saw his mercy upon me and my daughter by providing his abundant blessings after the birth of my fatherless grandson, Ezra. God's love I'm Latinas. <laughs> Sorry, I want to cry. God's love for my grandson has been hold on, a parallel of his deep love for me, and was a confirmation to me of his mercy. And blessing on my life. <laughs> Hold on. He's, he opened up my eyes and completely removed the veil of lies that I believe about him and myself. I am not rejected, abandoned, I w- I w- I wanted and wanted. He loves me. Uh, I tell you, Latinas, we cry a lot. We're very emotional. <laughs> right, Marisa? But, but I'm a daughter of God, and this has led me to want to recommit my life to Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Since giving my life to Christ, he has torn the veil away, and has given me eyes to see. I also took the advanced course in March of this year where he has further opened my eyes like this. After, after learning, my, I, I'm, he gave me a sense of humor too and I love that. Uh, after learning my personality type, My spiritual gifts, which are discipleship, evangelism, evangelism, and apostleship, those are very powerful gifts. Mm -hmm. And my strengths, I now realize that calling on my life. God used a song called Till I Met You, uh, Laura's story, to write my story. These words go like this. I'm known deception and all its games. I'm known rejection. I bought the lie. But I never knew love, love. I never knew truth until I met you. Until I met Jesus. With, with arms of mercy, you reach for me. You tore, tore the veil away and gave me eyes to see. As I move forward after my baptism, I want to help other women find their value and identity in Christ. I also, I want, I also want to start to healing, uh, a healing journey with my own, myself and my daughter. Cristo vive.
4: My name is Tim Reynolds, and I'm from Ann Arbor. I've been married for nearly 13 years, and we have two wonderful sons, Joshua and Timothy III. <laughs> Thank you. Growing up, I had minimal exposure to God. My parents divorced when I was when my brother and I were very young. That resulted in me becoming very shy for many years, um, as I found it very difficult to trust people. We did not attend church regularly, if at all. Uh, one summer, to my amazement, my grandmother, through her patience, love, and understanding, she allowed me to skip the usual required vacation Bible school, uh, which is something that we did a couple of years in a row. Um, also, I witnessed change in my uncle. I saw him spiritually mature and live an adult life serving God. And these were two seeds that sparked a curiosity in me that would be very important later in my life. Prior to giving my life to Christ, life was probably as complicated as it is now. Um, it was just a different feeling involved. Uh, Fun was what I worshipped back then Um, and the fruits were frustration, anger, lust, complacency, and envy uh, to name a few. To look back and describe how I felt would be to compare my feelings to a boiling pot of water beginning to boil over. That's kind of how I felt too. I I I was done. Although I blamed others for lots of my major mistakes, the final blow for me came when I realized I was to blame for it all. I made unwise decisions and half-hearted commitments. I was doing poorly in school and was oftentimes fearful. My life was clearly the summation of all my bad choices, and the truth that hurt me immensely, or that truth hurt me immensely. I tried but could no longer do life on my own strength. My spiritual curiosity returned when it all came to head one summer. I firmly felt after all I had seen and heard up to that point in my grandmother and my uncle's life, as well as a host of others, the only one who could help me with my pain was Jesus. I began reading the Bible, then I found an old childhood friend who dealt with her own issues of life. She knew God, and she explained how to pray for salvation and receive Christ, so I committed my life to him. (laughs) Uh, Most people that know me, or all people that know me, uh, they know that I'm normally laid back, but there was a strange peace. Um, back then that came over me. From that point on, after being chewed out for my newfound beliefs by my ex-girlfriend and remaining calm for probably the very first time during it all, I knew I hit a turning point Um, and life began to change for me for the better. While I'm still lazy at times, amongst a lot of other things, I see more clearly. It wasn't until I found that I was able to see how lost I was back then. Excuse me, it wasn't until I was found that I was able to see how lost I was back then. I realized now that everything that happened to me contributed to who I am today. I wouldn't change it. Um, receiving his forgiveness has taught me to offer forgiveness. Yeah. And it's, it's grace that has allowed me to move beyond my mistakes without regrets. Nowadays, you know, I see Jesus moving in different areas of my life, like family and work and it's not easy, uh, but sometimes it feels that way, at least just knowing that God is with me through it all. Thank you.
3: I have been uh, coming to Life Church for two years, and I am blessed to call this church my home. I grew up Amish in a family of 15. My dad was an Amish minister. However, I never really fully understood who God was. Remember, I remember believing that I could never be among the few that would make would live a perfect life enough to get to heaven. I remember going to an Amish, sorry. I remember going to an Amish party and party to where they had battery, operators, battery operated radios and drank beer and they were smoking. My friends, My friends gave me a can of Bud Light and said try it. I said no, I don't want to. But reluctantly, I took a sip and then turned around and spit it out. I said, this is nasty. Where's the sugar? (laughs) Being Amish, you were expected to get baptized between 16 and 19. I got baptized at 19 only because others wanted me to at that time. I knew there was a God, and I knew I wanted to go to heaven when I die. However, I also wanted to leave the Amish. But I did... But if I did, I would get excommunicated and not be allowed to see my family. And that broke my heart. I felt like I had no one to talk to except God. I remember standing in my bedroom window and looking out and just wanted to walk off. I felt like no one would ever miss me. Then in 1995, I. I had the opportunity to teach at an Amish school in LaGrange, Indiana. I did I did for one school term. That was my escape from Wisconsin and leaving the Amish. Later on I finally after leaving after finally leaving the Amish, I began watching Christian speakers like uh, Billy Graham, Joyce Myers, Robert, Meyer, Robert Morris, and Priscilla Schreier. Through listening to them, I received so much comfort, and I decided I wanted to know more about Jesus so completely, so I completely surrendered my life to Christ. Since, <laughs> since, since giving my life to Christ, I finally have been able to forgive myself, and I know that God has forgiven me. I just need... <laughs> I just needed to let go and let God in completely. I have also been able to find closure with my mom and dad. On my mom's 90th birthday, we drove to Wisconsin. Being excommunicated, I didn't know if they were even going to open up the door. I did a lot of praying, and I found Jesus was there through it all. Once we got there, my dad opened the door with a smile and said, well, what a surprise. Come on in. I said, yes. I said, thank you, Jesus. We had a two-great-hour two visit. There was not enough words to express how grateful I was for God's protection and answer's prayer. Now I am totally at peace. I know that my baptism today is not the end, but God is not done with me yet. And moving forward, I want to draw closer to Jesus in everything I do.
5: Hello. Um, so I appreciate that they are bringing, like, birthday cake to the feast. I feel like what I got to bring is some Brussels sprouts, <laughs> so y'all can eat up. <laughs> um, so my name is Jenna, and I started to come into Life Church in January. Um, I spent two years doing ministry, and now I'm working in IT while I save up to go to seminary. Um, to say that my life was difficult before I met Jesus is an understatement. I can't remember a time that I didn't wish I were dead before I met Jesus at age 18. I heard everyone else's stories of how Jesus takes all the broken things in your life and makes them better, and I longed for that so deeply. But I soon became disillusioned with my faith because the new life, absent of pain and discomfort that I dreamed of, was not the life that I experienced. My choices to obey Jesus actually got me ostracized from my community as a new Christian in college. I landed did my dream job out of college, and I was working and experiencing the joy of doing what I love for a living. Then I began to make choices about whether I would sacrifice my integrity in the work I was doing or face retribution from my bosses. I had to choose over and over again whether I wanted to follow Jesus and obey him, or whether I wanted to give in to external pressure and make the situation go away. At the end of it all, I got fired. I lost my dream job. That loss catapulted me into even more painful and difficult situations. A month ago on Easter, I cried through the whole service because I feel the effects of sin, death, and brokenness in every aspect of my life and experiences right now. When someone asks me why I'm a Christian, I'm not sure that I have much of an answer for them. I've been asking myself that question every day in this season. The answer is not because God gives me good things like emotional healing, loving people around me, or secure circumstances. That was what I was hoping to get out of my relationship with God, but after 5 years and relentless study of scripture, I can confidently say that those things aren't guaranteed. (laughs) In many cases, the biblical authors actually promise the opposite for those who follow Jesus. So why am I a Christian? Because somehow, in the midst of the pain and the suffering, it's worth it. (laughs) I'm getting baptized today because the suffering I've endured for following Jesus actually intensified my commitment to him. Against all logic and my own understanding, my relationship with God is worth more to me than a secure, comfortable, and happy life. There's something deeper about being in union with God that I can't fully explain. Jesus lived an embodied life so that my story could be connected to his in ways that I can't describe in words. And so my baptism is a symbol of that connection today.
6: Hello, my name is Paul Hurdell, and this is my testimony. I was was raised in a Christian home and went to church regularly as a child with my family. When I was 18 years old, my mom suddenly passed away at the age of 39, and me and my whole family were devastated. As for me, I was planning to go into the Marine Corps right out of high school, but I ended up dropping out of high school to take care of my younger brothers and sisters who were seven and three. The twins were three. While raising them for the next two years by myself, things got so bad that I put a gun in my mouth, and it wasn't, it was only by the grace of God that I didn't pull the trigger. My life was so full of grief and anger that I walked away from God. For the next 20 plus years, I began living for myself. I was trying to forget all the pain that I was feeling. Sorry, I'm so nervous. Oh, wow. And, I love you. <sighs> what, I love you too, baby. Oh, thank you. What I didn't know was that even though I didn't want anything to do with God at the time, he was right there. Even though I continued to drink and do drugs, God was still protecting and watching over my life. Then one day I, let, I met the love of my life, Wendy. At this time in my life, even though Wendy had given her life to Christ, I was still living my, for myself. But God continued to show himself to me by giving me three great sons. Andy, Josh, and Noah. I just I just didn't want to take acknowledge that it was him at the time. In 2017, I started we started attending Life Church. In the months to come as I saw God, what what he was doing all around me, I decided to recommit my life to Jesus. It has now been four years since I have recommitted my life to Christ. I am now able to see that he was always there, has, has always been there in my life. He has just been waiting for me to choose to follow him again Since recommitting my life to Christ, I know now without a shadow of a doubt that He has a purpose for my life. I know with confidence that He will always be there for me. Always. Always. While I'm getting baptized today, I know that Jesus wants to do so much more in my life. The one thing that I would like him for do for him to do for me next is to be a better man of God a better husband, a better father, and to be the spiritual leader in my family that he wants me to be.
0: Amen. thank you so much for listening and uh, we pray that that was inspiring to you and if you would ever like to get baptized if you've never been baptized before and you want more information about that um, please reach out to us you can fill out a connect card that is available on our website Um, you can also go to lifechurchcanton.org slash now The Connect card is also available in our show page notes. Um, All of those are available to you because we want to get you connected. We believe that you belong and um, we want to hear your story too. Uh, We want to know how God is moving, if God is moving in a specific way. Um, And then we regularly host New Life Sundays. Obviously, it's been a little bit more difficult with COVID, but... Um, as things are starting to get a little bit back to normal. uh, We want to have these a little bit more normally as well. And so we would love to hear about it from you and then baptize you. Um, Once again, thanks for listening.
6: Enjoy the rest of your day.